We'd like to hear your stories of combat against wombats, beagles fighting measles, bravery at raves. Take your glow-in-the-dark pacifier out of your mouth and give us a call on the deadline at plus one four one two six eight four dads. That's area code four one two six eight four three two three seven. Operators are not standing by because they are out at the rave themselves, but we'll be sure to receive your message. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, because every time you subscribe, a bagel gets its cream cheese. Wait, mm, something's not right. Did did we did we just have a sale heezer moment? I, I think we got our timing a little mixed up. You think? H- hang on, hang on. Um, I can fix this. Hang on. All right, but I get to be Robert Siegel. Stand by, stand by. Dude, my brain is melting here. Hold up, hold up. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Oh, boy, I think that reel of film melted in the projector there. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm up to bat against Jamie Moyer or like Greg Maddox. You could jam me on an 82 mile per hour fastball right now. I don't speak baseball, but I think you're saying that our timing's out of whack and maybe not just on the show. No, yeah, like our timing is off on the earth. Well, you know what that means. I'm. Pretty sure we get to do whatever we want right now. Like with this episode, I am sitting here in pajama pants, eating tasty cakes and drinking hint, hint water for brunch. Are you saying that your days lack structure? No, sir. I line up those tasty cake packages across the edge of my desk in my home office like cars in a traffic jam. Do you do you do you remember traffic jams? <laughs> No. <laughs> and I eat one. I eat one every uh, 20 minutes. But but what are minutes anyway? Uh, you've got a routine, though, right? Oh, I mean, it's also worth noting I do a lot of clean living, so I'm not high right now. I don't get high on anything. I don't drink alcohol. I don't even drink caffeine. So this is pretty out there for me i'm gonna go ahead and say that's just more for the rest of us given uh given the circumstances you are entitled to it sir all the dad's hat that you can stomach <laughs> which you know lately feels like maybe it's a little more than it should be <laughs> um so so jc uh, uh how, how's your how's your sense of time these days we we have taken around our house to saying that time has no meaning. There is n- there is no sense of time. There's no concept of time. I don't even know why I wear a watch. I mean, I worked from home before, so there was no commute to mark the days. That wasn't really an issue. The thing that gets me is there's just a sameness to the days. You know, all the people who used to work in offices are now working instead of commuting. And people in other time zones are like, yeah, you can do that call at seven. I mean, like, where else are you going to be? So so the days start early and they run long and they just run 
all together, one into another. It is very difficult to tell the weekends from the weekdays, um, except that I sleep in a little on the weekends now, kind of, sort of. Oh, you're sleeping? That's so cute. Well, you know, that is maybe the one thing that that comes with having uh, an intense amount of stress on one for... uh, You you go one way or the other. You either go with the insomnia or by, you know, I'm going to say one o'clock in the afternoon, you're burnt to a crisp and ready to go to bed. Mm, Pappy's nappy time. (laughs) Yeah, better believe him. You know, I mentioned in the group chat the other night that uh, my brain suddenly had a nostalgia kick. Um, I, I made a playlist of Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine. You'll recall that I also said to general agreement that Conga is a first ballot Hall of Fame wedding reception song. If you can't get Aunt Clementine out on the dance floor with Conga, it ain't ever going to happen. So I want to present to you my top five first ballot Hall of Fame wedding reception songs. Are, are you are you ready for that? I, I am so ready for that right now. Are you sitting down? I am uh, naturally. Where, no, that question wasn't for now? you. That question. No, wait, whoa, whoa. That question wasn't for you. I am asking the listener <laughs> if they are sitting down. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, these are in an arbitrary order that is only meaningful to me. Number five, Conga by Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine. Shake your body, baby, do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Number four, December 1963, also known as Oh, What a Night by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. I did an amount of research uh, for this bit that was unhealthy. And several of the wedding planning sites that I read um, stress the importance of taking care of your old people when you're making your wedding reception playlist. Now, I would have been thinking that some whiskey at the bar and an AED outside the bathrooms would suffice on that count, but apparently you need to play their music too. Whiskey and an AED is pretty much all any of us have right now. Whiskey and an AED would have been my favorite Saturday night back in the day when there were Saturday nights. (laughs) Either that or it's the name of my new punk band. Number three. Cha-Cha Slide by, this is 100% absolute truth, Mr. C, the Slide Man. Did you know that? Cha-Cha Slide is by Mr. C, the Slide Man? I do now, and I will never be able to unknow it. This guy knew going in that he was a one-hit wonder, and he just steered into that skid, sir. (laughs) Like, just absolutely went with it. Quick story, we were down the beach uh, at, at the Jersey Shore many years ago. Kids were little. We are walking to the beach across the street. um, Family was setting up for a graduation party in the yard. They're testing out the sound system and they are playing cha-cha slide. Now we are walking down the sidewalk all in a row, like five ducks in a row. And when the music hits this part. Right foot, left stop. Left foot, left stop. Cha-cha, real smooth. Turn it up. We all stopped walking and started cha-chaing on the sidewalk in unison, unbeknownst to each other. We just all automatically did it, and the family across the street saw us do it and lost their minds. I, I don't know what to do with that right now. That is, you have, I have let you in on a deep secret of Spurker culture. I leave it to you to figure out exactly what that secret is. I don't think I'm ever going to sleep again. Okay, number two. 
Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars. This is far and away the most recent song on my list. And it has, to be honest, a dark power, which I still don't understand. I actually went and looked to see if the guys on Switched on Pop had done this song. And they covered it twice in their first 30 episodes. Oh, man. That's power. I'd like to wield mm-hmm. that kind of power someday. Mm-hmm. I'm no Bruno Mars. Just watch. And the number one first ballot Hall of Fame wedding reception song in my book, We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Yeah. Obvious boost, obvious boost on the ballot from the pivotal appearance in the film The Birdcage. And I just want to say in this time of nonstop Zoom calls, may we all look as good as Gene Hackman in drag. No chance. No chance. But yes, mm, to be wished. I can't wear makeup like that, dude. And and it haunts me as it should. I would also like to note, given our discussion in the last episode, that Gene Hackman is not from Ohio, but he kind of is, if you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, he lives in the Ohio of the soul. That man does. <laughs> it's definitely the Ohio of my soul. We are family. Get up, everybody and say. We are family. Michael, can I can I tell you something important that I've learned in the last forty eight hours? Please. No one in the great land that we currently inhabit, known as the United States of America has any idea what an amp hour is. Um, I'm going to raise my hand on that. Can, can you, can you enlighten me? What is an amp hour? It's not important, Michael. What's important is that people don't know what it is. What's even more important (sighs) is that when one goes shopping for an electric lawnmower, one has to understand things about batteries. You need to, you need to get beyond volts. You need to start thinking in in true power, in those amp hours, you need to crawl inside the math and inhabit it, Michael. There are online calculators for these kinds of things. There are chemistry textbooks that cover this. There's a whole host of ham radio nerds out there that can tell you an awful lot about batteries. But you know who has not read any of that literature, my friend? Tell me. Your average Amazon, Lowe's, or Home Depot commenter. What were your expectations going into this about the the average Ken, shall we say, uh, of an Amazon commenter? So let me take you on a journey to get there because I think we've all had this thing with comments, right? Like there was for a time in the town, which we both used to live in, a three-star Chinese restaurant. Yes. And it wasn't three stars because a lot of people said five stars and a bunch of people said one stars. It was literally, I think, 700 reviews of this place on different review platforms. Everyone said three-star Chinese. Okay. We all know what three-star Chinese restaurant means. It's, uh, it's the sweet and sour pork is fine. The egg rolls are fine. The shrimp toast is fine. The wonton soup is fine. But it's it's three stars, right? We all have that. We've got the north three stars of Chinese takeout food. An Orion's belt of Chinese takeout food. That, see, now we're getting somewhere. Now I think we're getting to a prog rock band album. But my expectation is that if I look for something that has a one to five rating, if I see a bunch of threes, it's because generally everybody said three. 
But this was a case where I looked through, I swear, maybe 500 comments just scrolling because I had I had nothing else to do but watch the grass grow, Michael. I had to watch the grass grow because I didn't have a lawnmower. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as I start, do you have a lawnmower now? I, I do have it now. Sure. Absolutely. Because I went and I pushed the pencil, Mike. I did the math. I got out a spreadsheet. I figured out what my requirements were going to be. I looked at the makeup of that battery. I looked at what kind of motor we're running. I, I, I did my dad proud. I almost did a, a schematic for crying out loud. Almost. Was there a slide rule? Mm. I don't have my slide rule. We're only 85% moved. Can you buy slide rules on Amazon? Park that for later. I'll tell Go you on. What, not going to get more than three stars on that one. But what I learned. See, see, three stars is so often a bimodal distribution where it's like half the people rated five because they were paid to and half the people rated one because they were honest. I, that's what I would – if I could get that out of the comments, that would be great. But instead, I've got a bunch of people essentially saying my El Camino is faster than yours because it carries more fuel. Mm. Mm, no, no. Well, I mean, in the sense that it's heavier and sticks to the road, maybe. I, but it's not going to go faster. I don't think that. Okay, there much. are slide rules on Amazon. There are. Oh, I'm looking right now. Can you just go ahead and throw one in the basket? You don't have to buy it. Just maybe put it on a wish list. <gasps> you can get a slide rule cuff bracelet, one, like one of those snap bracelets. What? And it looks totally re- legit because it only has two reviews. Listen, buy it now. We're not going to tell our listeners like what time it is right now because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does not matter. But at the right time, one would expect somebody to buy a, you know, slide rule slap bracelet at 2 a.m. Perhaps while drunk. While while eating three star Chinese food because because I thought I thought where you were going was that three star Chinese food is like is like the bat signal for drunk Chinese food. I, see, in my experience, that's been all about tacos. Yeah, but not everywhere, I mean, right? Sure. I, mean, I mean, not everywhere, maybe. But you know, even even growing up in Ohio, we had horrible, uh, horrible late night Mexican food, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. not just franchise type. So you know, I mean, it's a thing. It's possible. Mm-hmm. 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 None of this is okay. So, Sir Mix a lot. Things you didn't know about people that you are so happy that you know afterwards and should have been predictable. Sir Mix-a-Lot, as it turns out, based on an AMA that he did, uh, is a high-voltage power supply nut. He likes to turn his own coils. He likes to make transformers. And he doesn't mess around with any of that that digital garbage or nonsense. The the dude goes straight-up analog, high-voltage DC power supplies. What's he doing with them? I think that's his business. But I'll tell you right now, I'm willing to bet the dude's got a bunch of boat anchors in his basement and just sits there and fires them up sometimes, runs a meter across them. I know that's what I would do. That and make hot dogs. Can you recount for our listeners the the hot dog production process? The hot dog production process? The part where you take the I mean, I mean not 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 the part not the part where you like you you know you drop one in a pan and you put you know some water in there or maybe if you're fancy like a a a, a can of beer. Um, you, you have a very different process you're alluding to. Oh, yes. So uh, back in the day, back with, see, and, and I was actually explaining this to my, my sister-in-law because I grew up in the 70s and the 70s were a dangerous time, a time when people would take little spikes, put them into plastic housings, stick, stick hot dogs across those two spikes and plug them into the wall, which essentially is taking a bunch of uh, hot dogs and making them into uh, – 
to resistors that are running in parallel. So in, in my electronics class in high school, we had a, a teacher who told us one day that he wanted us to take the power supply, wire it up to a couple of nails, take those nails, stick them into a hot dog, and then measure the resistance of the hot dog. Sounds legit to me. I mean, that's something somebody had to do as part of a, a product engineering task because we made hot dogs that way in the 70s. How are you covering off the bun? I mean, you want you want like a toasted bun. Well, again, given that this was the 70s, there was probably some way to smear some kind of margarine, some kind of oleo on it, and put it into oh. the microwave on a particular setting. The bun did not come out toasted, but something came out burnt smelling. <laughs> they were not microwaves in the 70s, sir. They were scientific ovens. Or radar ranges. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. Always my favorite. I just always wanted to make it that like, boom sound when it uh when it turned on <laughs> never did jc i would like to pivot right now to some choice quotes from the literature of jane austen please and there's a reason for this there are people in my house uh, in whom i hold very high esteem who are absolutely obsessed with the bbc 1995 production of pride and prejudice I, too, live with someone who has probably read every permutation of Pride and Prejudice, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Pride and Prejudice XYZ, and is an enormous fan of that series as well. I have taken a lot of grief uh, in my family over the years because the appeal of it was a little lost on me. Now, first off, I, I will acknowledge that Colin Firth, then and now, remains a delicious piece of man cake. Agreed. That I mean, I hardly need to say it. He was he was actually referred to as such by John Stewart on the Daily Show a long time ago, and that is the definitive way to refer to Colin Firth, in my opinion. Seems legit. I respect Mr. Firth. I respect the work of Ms. Austin. Um, I I have worked along with my wife to secure a British ten pound note when Ms. Austin appeared uh, as the face on the note within the last couple of years uh, on behalf of a, a friend of ours. Despite being an English major at university, I have never read any Jane Austen books. Huh. Never? Never. My literature education, despite my major, is terribly incomplete. And this is one of the biggest gaps, especially when when viewed through the eyes of my wife or my children. So... Uh, so, so this past summer we were traveling, we hit up an indie bookstore as we often do, um, because dad would rather buy books than t-shirts. And I, I bought myself a copy of Pride and Prejudice and started reading it. And I got utterly bogged down maybe about 10 chapters in because Lizzie's eldest sister, Jane goes off to visit Netherfield and she rides there and contracts a cold or a bug of some kind, surely just from riding in the rain, because that's how it works. Um, that's how my grandmother always explained it. Sure. And then she she's laid up at Netherfield, and Lizzie goes to stay with her. Now, Netherfield is a grand total of three miles from the Bennett family home. Three. <laughs> it is closer to the Bennett family home than the nearest mall is to my house. And that just broke me, sir. I was like, nope, I'm out. Can't abide. Can't abide. Your sister went to somebody's house three miles away, got a cold, and can't come home. 
Because it's too far. Nope. So, nope. Nope. So if we can be clear, you got 10 chapters in and it, it was really all about the pedometer reading between the houses that, that more or less just shut that whole thing down for you. hundred percent, sir. I'm a big walker. I cover three miles routinely in an evening with the dog. Sometimes I even have a cold when I do it. Not to mention the fact that you could drag a carriage out there and spirit her home. Even at walking pace, she'd be back in 45 minutes. You know what? I would even take the, the challenge and drag it myself. I don't need to leave the horses in. I'll just drag that bad boy all the way there and back. Why not? Now we're in quarantine and now I am, I'm feeling a softness in my heart because I'm, I'm not getting enough vegetables and needs more fiber. I, yes. And I, and I decided that I needed to go ahead and take the plunge and watch the BBC miniseries, which is six hours long. I am about halfway through episode two at this point. I have passed the Netherfield breakdown uh, uh, that that waylaid me before. So I like my chances. So anyway, I'm trucking through Pride and Prejudice now because, uh, uh, you know, after only being married to my wife for 22 years um, and after, you know, the series has been out for 25 years because I'm just not that good at this. Let's be honest. Sure. I do have here on my desk uh, in the home office a book of quips and wisdom from Jane Austen. First one, which feels thematically appropriate for us. It is from one of Jane Austen's letters, as opposed to one of her novels. And she says, which of all my important nothings shall I tell you first? I feel like that needs to go in the cover of every journal I ever buy. Second one, also kind of fitting for us. This is from Sense and Sensibility. I have frequently thought that I must have been intended by nature to be fond of low company. I am so little at my ease among strangers of gentility. Pass me that tasty cake. <laughs> I got some rye <laughs> to wash it down with. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, let me bring it home with the last quote. Uh, this is from Emma. One half of the world cannot understand the pleasures of the other. From the great state of Ohio. And the city of brotherly love. This is Dadline. I'm Michael Wilson. And I'm J.C. Sperger. <laughs>